Sorry for the dramatic pause. How you doing? Hey, can we thank Bill Bourne and his teams? What a great job. Uh, so good. Well, hey, Merry Christmas. How are you doing? Yeah, you're here. I asked a question. How are you doing? Good. It was great before the service today getting to walk around and meet some of you that are especially like extended family that are here visiting. We want to welcome all of you, whether you're here every week at Trinity Church or whether this is your first time or you're a guest of someone, a family member who's come from a long way. Welcome. We are so very glad you're here. My name is Todd Arnett. I'm the lead pastor here at Trinity, and it's my privilege today to just get a few moments with you as we connect. I actually want to give just a real quick update to our Trinity family about something that's been real exciting. We, for about the last six weeks or so, maybe seven weeks, have been involved in a thing we call Advent Conspiracy, and I wanted to give you an update that out of your generosity, you gave to that project over $64,000, and I just want to thank you for that. Monies from those um, different efforts went to things like even locally here, the San Bernardino Pregnancy and Family Center, all the way to Liberia, helping um, young ladies there get out of a, a world that is just so oppressive and actually have an opportunity to stand on their own two feet and all kinds of projects in between. So we're just so grateful for your generosity towards that, as well as, as pastors, we were talking a couple weeks ago when we saw the amount that was given and thought, you know what, we could actually do something to help our global staff, what we call our missionaries, by really giving them just a gift here at Christmas. So we sent something to every one of our missionary families as a way of saying just we love you, we're thinking of you at Christmas time, and we've already gotten some great notes about just some just thank you and gratitude for that. So I wanted to pass that on to you. Thank you very much. Well, I wanted to ask you a question today. I don't know how much this ever kind of, you know, comes up in your mind, but have you ever felt as though Jesus is trying to get your attention? Have ever been things that have maybe kind of led to a point that you've just realized, ah, okay, I get it. This is how it happened to me this last week. This is a picture of the manger scene. My wife actually collects them, and we have a few in our home, and it's really fun. I love this one, my favorite thing to decorate with at Christmas. And you'll notice it's not that unique. It's, it's normal, but when you look at it, you wouldn't see from the picture. It's relatively tall. Joseph probably stands about 8 to 10 inches tall, so he's a big guy. And so um, this is sitting in a bureau, and beneath it is a place, that some doors that open up, and I keep my, my like satchel in there. Uh, out of the way. So this last week, I was uh, putting my satchel away, and you'll notice Joseph, he's pretty top-heavy, and what happens is, is that he falls forward whenever I am opening those drawers. So once in a while, that's happened. Well, in the front here, you'll notice uh, baby Jesus, and Jesus has some really, not only beautiful, like, starlight coming from his head, but he has very pointy starlight coming from his head. And so as I bent down to take, uh, to put my satchel away, Joseph falls, knocks Jesus over, and that point right at the top of Jesus's head impales me right here in my head. And I'm just like, ah, and my kids are, what is going on? You know, dad, you're so dramatic. But when I showed them the blood, I felt more vindicated, you know? (laughs) And so my hope is, is that maybe not in the same specific physically painful way, 
that maybe Jesus is trying to get your attention this Christmas season. I was thinking about all the the trappings and the things that go on about Christmas, and, and I really appreciate Bill has done such a great job in putting this service together when he knew the theme. Literally everything we're doing today points to this same idea. And the same idea is that Christmas, this incredible time of celebration of Jesus' arrival, Christmas can somehow cause us to lose what Christmas is all about. And, And it's not Christmas's fault. It's just the things that become distractions. They're good distractions. The fact that you have been cleaning a house and decorating it for all these great family members that are here today. The, the food that you've been preparing and getting ready for a feast, goodies galore. The, the gifts that you've bought and are, are wrapping up and ready with excitement to give to others. Those are all good things. The fact that you are physically exhausted and, and actually probably very secretly looking forward to December 28th. And I say 28th because it's a couple days later because you'll be back at the stores returning the things you didn't want. So I know it'll take that long before you can finally breathe. But, but for whatever those things are, whatever the distractions that have come to your life, it is very hard to stay focused and, and remember what is going on and what is Christmas really all about. Stimuli that comes into our life, other distractions, keep that focus very, very challenging. And you can miss something when it's actually right under your nose. It happens all the time. And I say that to say this, I get caught up in the same thing. Just even today between services, I just needed to take a break in, the, in my office and just kind of pause and say, God, forgive me that I just get so wrapped up in so many good things that I forget the very best thing. And the very best thing that I want you to hear about today is hope. The fact that there is hope that has entered into our world. You see, if you miss Jesus this year at Christmas, and my hope is you won't miss him after our time together, or maybe even up until now, late in the day, Christmas Eve, if you've missed him up until now, you wouldn't be the first. Actually, it was those who came who were around and present at his first arrival, missed him too. We've been doing a series here at Trinity Church in the month of December called Perspectives. And what we've been trying to do is get into the shoes, as it were, put on the lenses of those who were present when Jesus came. We've looked through the lens of Mary. We've looked through the lens of shepherds. We've looked through the lens of Joseph. And today, in our final kind of piece to this series, we're going to quickly look through the lens of an innkeeper. The innkeeper. Now, the interesting thing about the innkeeper, actually, when I was going back and looking over the narratives of of the Gospels, the innkeeper is actually not even mentioned. Let me tell you, the only time he really comes up is is by association. In Luke chapter 2, verse 7, it says, because there was no room for them in the inn. If you were here with us at our Christmas musical, our kids' production, such a great job, you'll remember this was a piece of that um, set that they built, and I'd asked them to leave it because we're going to talk about the inn. And in that that uh, presentation, it was Mary and Joseph who walked over here, and this was the representation of going to the inn. And and we don't know. Scripture doesn't actually tell us. I doubt though that they would have come up and seen a glowing neon sign that said "No vacancy." I think they would have knocked 
Time after time, and we don't know how many inns they went to. We don't know how many times they were denied, but we know they were denied. Very, very with child, they were told, there's no room for you here. And the caricature, we've kind of made the innkeeper a bit of a character, even though he doesn't show up specifically in the text. The caricature of the innkeeper is that after some appoint, appointed time, it was three ends, four ends, seven, at some point, someone was a little bit kind and said, hey, I have no room, but there's a stable in the back. Now, we don't really know that. In my mind, one of the things I was thinking is, you have Joseph, and he's with his wife who's so very pregnant. And, and you do what you have to do when times are tough, when crisis comes upon you. And I wonder if part of me was Joseph looking around and going, no one's paying attention to that stable. Let's go over there. We don't even know if it was the kindness of anybody that actually allowed them to end up where they were, but there, among animals that were simply there and their little place to live in their shelter at night, King of kings and Lord of lords entered into our world. A baby that people had, the human race had been waiting for for millennia. If anyone ever deserved the most intense, extravagant, pomp and circumstance type of arrival, it was this baby. This baby who had come literally to save the world, to rescue you. That's what he was here for. And that's what he came to do. And it was on that night that everybody missed it. Now, we know what we do know about innkeepers in that part of the world in the first century. We know they were swamped. You see, there was a a Roman Caesar about a thousand miles away who decreed that everyone needed to go back to their, their place of lineage, where they came from, their ancestors. And so a guy named Joseph, a woman named Mary, his wife, they, they came from Nazareth down to Bethlehem because they were from the line of David. And as they came into Bethlehem, Bethlehem was a buzz. Innkeepers there had never seen it so crazy as descendants from David descended upon Bethlehem and made their lives nuts. There were beds to be made. There were meals to be prepared. There were floors to be swept. There was money to be made. In the midst of all of the distractions, God himself came to their door. And they consistently said, I'm sorry, I have no room. In the way that only he can say it, Max Lucado in his book, God Came Near, he summed it up well. This is what he writes. He said, meanwhile, the city hums. The merchants are unaware that God is visiting their planet. The innkeeper would never believe that he had just sent God into the cold. And the people would scoff at anyone who told them the Messiah lay in the arms of a teenager on the outskirts of their village. They were all too busy to consider the possibility. Those who missed his majesty's arrival that night missed it not because of evil acts or malice. Watch this. No, they missed it because they simply weren't looking. Little has changed in the last 2,000 years, has it? I say today this. What I can't know are the circumstances and the issues in your life. I can't know those. And, And what I can't know is the fact that there has been a still small voice 
who's getting louder and louder. Because the big ticket items in your life are not getting addressed. Things are not getting fixed on their own. Things that you have tried harder and harder to change simply remain the same. And it's bubbling to a point where you don't know what to do anymore. I want to tell you there is great news that you are here tonight. Because Jesus came to save you from yourself. Jesus came to offer a way for you to be right vertically and right horizontally. Because that's the message of this life that this baby would represent. We, we talk about Christmas as a baby, and rightly so, but you know, everybody starts there. Jesus started there, but he definitely didn't end that way. It would be about 30 years later that Jesus was talking to a group of people who gave him audience, people who actually kind of flocked to him to find out what in the world he was about and, and did he have anything to offer? Was it, was it worth even listening to the guy or, or trying to understand what he was about? And in Matthew chapter 7, those people are there kind of um, crowding in around him. And these are the words he said to them that day. He said, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be open to you. You see, I say in just the opposite way, if you've been here, if you're here tonight and you've been distracted, not just since the beginning of December, not just around Black Friday weekend and forward, but literally for years, if you've been distracted from a Savior who's had his arms out wide open to you this entire time, your entire life, why not today? Why not today respond to him and rather than continue to stay busy, continue to stay distracted, to continue to let your pain define you, why not instead pursue him? Instead, give him your attention because he's already told you what's going to happen. As you ask, as you seek, as you knock, you will find. It's a guarantee from him and I'm happy to share it with you. That's what Christmas is all about, hope. And I want to encourage you today. I want to encourage you through the hours that are still coming. Take advantage of the hope that's been offered to you and respond to this amazing Savior. Let me pray for us. Father God, we come before you today with hearts that are so grateful for who you are and what you've done but hearts also, God, that are distracted with a lot of other good things that get in the way of the best thing. And you came to meet the greatest need we had. And we are so grateful that you entered into our world, becoming one of us to rescue us. And so for that, we say thank you at this Christmas Eve. If you're here today and you realize, you know what, that's... That's what I have been looking for. That's a Jesus that I really have never known, but I want to know him. I have great news for you. You can begin a relationship with him. You can begin to pursue him the way he's pursued you by simply beginning by admitting. Admitting that you're a sinner who needs a savior. Admitting that you have lived life on your terms, not on his. 
And as a result, you recognize there's a problem in the relationship. B is believe. Believe that this Jesus who's come to us in a manger as a baby, believe that he grows up and lives a sinless life. Believe that he died a sacrificial death. Believe that he rose supernaturally from an empty tomb. And C is choose. Choose this only Savior available as the one who you will follow. And I want to encourage you, if you're ready to make that decision, do it. Do it. And as a result, tell someone. Tell someone that brought you today. Tell someone that you know has been praying for you. Tell someone that you know would care. I made a decision today on Christmas Eve to respond to Jesus. And I want to be the very first one to tell you. The Bible says so clearly, think about the the festivities and the celebrations we have here. They don't begin to compare to the celebrations in heaven when you turn and respond to a God who's been reaching out to you. Father, we love you. Thank you for this great gift of hope. And we pray in Jesus' awesome name. Amen.